On January 1st, 2011, Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva left the Brazilian presidency with an unbelievable approval rating of 80%, managing to elect a woman unknown to the public as his successor. At that point, it was clear to political observers that this wasn't a farewell. It was more of a see you in a few years. But then came the 2015 recession, Dilma Rousseff's impeachment, and Operation Car Wash. In 2017, Lula was convicted of corruption and money laundering. Last year, a court of appeals confirmed the verdict and enhanced his sentence from 9 to 12 years. This time it looks like Lula is really going to jail. Brazil's charismatic former president will only be able to exhaust appeals against a corruption conviction from behind bars. That eliminated him from contention for the presidency, a race which he likely would have won, according to all opinion polls. After a year in jail, how does Lula still fit into the Brazilian political landscape? What does the future hold for him or his workers' party and for the Brazilian left? My name is Gustavo Ribeiro, editor-in-chief of the Brazilian Report. This is Explaining Brazil. It's safe to say that Lula is the most improbable president in Brazilian history. Ewan Marshall covers politics for the Brazilian Report. So he was born into poverty and he escaped with his family from the desert-like conditions of the Brazilian Northeast, which is where life is some of the hardest you can find in the country. And when he was a teenager, he worked as a shoe shiner. And then later in a city outside of Sao Paulo, he made it to the floor of a screw factory. And that is where he began his career as a union leader. That's also where he, he lost one of his pinky fingers in a, in a factory accident. And then eventually he became a founder of a left-wing party. And eventually he made it to the presidency. Lula's life is a story made for cinema. I mean, literally, there's a movie about him which was made in 2009. Yeah, and if this movie had a sequel, this would be the we'd be entering the kind of really dark chapter in Lula's story because even as the most popular politician in Brazilian history, he gave himself up to the police last year and is now serving a prison sentence. So in 2017, Lula is found guilty of accepting a beachfront triplex apartment in exchange for favoring a construction company. It was a highly politicized case, not only because of the defendant, but also because of how the evidence was presented, right? Well, yeah, so in Brazil, the corruption laws, they state that the prosecutors have to both prove the bribe that was paid and the counterpart that was given to the bribe. So you can't just say that someone received a gift or a favor from a company. You also have to establish an official act which did benefit that company which prosecutors didn't in Lula's case. 
not really in this case because the the gift in question was given after Lola left office. So, you know, when he doesn't have an office, he can't officially give this sort of uh, benefit in return. But the prosecutors and judges considered that Lola still held such a high influence in the government that he would still be able to tamper with kind of public bidding processes and favor certain companies. So in January 2018, a court of appeals upheld Lula's conviction, which made him ineligible for office and sent him to jail. So for more details about Lula's trial, uh, you can listen to episode number seven, and the link will be on our website. So Ewan, it's been a year now. How has Lula's life been in prison? Well, yeah, as we know, Lula is not an ordinary um, prisoner. He is a former president, so he does get a few a few perks, so to speak. Because actually, first of all, he's not actually in a prison. He is in the federal police headquarters in Curitiba, in the south of Brazil. And he has his own room, about 15 square meters. He has, his, he has a television, he has a treadmill, he's got a bed, he's got an ensuite bathroom, that sort of thing. And who visits him there? Well, yes, yeah, so until last year, uh, he received a lot of visits from people from his workers' party, from his family, from part of his defense team, and also from some re religious leaders. Um, but since January, the rules for visiting Lula have become even stricter, and the people he sees most are these members of his defense council. Yeah, and like many prisoners in Brazil find out sooner or later, Fighting convictions is an expensive business. Yeah, well, Folha de São Paulo, the newspaper, biggest newspaper in Brazil, they reported that the Lula Institute is hemorrhaging money at the moment. Uh, the former president has spent something in the area of 5 million reais on his legal fees, which is around $1.2 million. And most of his own money has been seized by courts. Yeah, so almost 10 million reais of assets, of Lula's own assets, have been frozen. And recently, the Lula Institute decided to auction off autographed photos of Lula and actually managed to raise over 600,000 reais just with those sales. And that will go on covering these kind of financial gaps. And does Lula remain politically active? Well, yeah, even from jail, he's he's still the, the uncontested leader of the Workers' Party, which is still one of the biggest parties in Brazil. And so he keeps up to date with the day-to-day -day news of the party. He will get videos of conferences, which people bring in on flash drives for him to watch. He, he gives out instructions by ways of letters or passing through his defense counsel. The thing is, Lula is born with a kind of political spirit and he's been in the game for so long that even jail won't stop him from being a politician. But will Lula be able to do politics outside of jail? That's next on Explaining Brazil. Did you know that Brazil is the country with the second highest number of ransomware attacks in the world? That's when hackers try to steal your data and then ask for a ransom for their return. Perhaps the good people of FastHelp can help you avoid these unwelcome attacks. FastHelp is a Brasilia-based IT company that is focused on cybersecurity. Protect your business by teaming up with FastHelp. Go to fasthelp.com.br for more information on how to protect your company's virtual space. 
Well, the case of Lula is important and paradigmatic in many senses because some of the legal pieces uh, being discussed by Lavajato, being, say, pushed or perhaps even uh, innovated by Lavajato, are also part of this case. Michel Moalen is a law professor at think tank Fundação Getúlio Vargas. So it is indeed a, 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 an important paradigmatic case in many senses. And whatever uh, justice involves Lula, there is a lot of uh, dispute and tension. Is there a short-term path to freedom ahead for Lula? Lula's path towards an eventual uh, release is not an easy one. One of the possibilities, he would uh, be released from a full-time prison to house arrest, for instance. It depends on, um, on fulfilling a few of the requirements uh, in, in Brazilian legislation. Good behavior, the fact that he's already um, someone getting close to his uh, to, to 80 years, years old, so someone with, uh, with age. Well, that possibility also could sound to him and to others that he's uh, accepting the, the, the conviction, accepting that he's guilty, and he just wants to, uh, to progress on uh, inside the, the, the sentence. Other possibilities, um, one of his appeals before the Superior Court of Justice, uh, if one of the crimes is uh, waived, these, uh, his conviction would also be uh, reduced to less years, and that means he could progress to another regime that is not full, full-time in prison. So this is another possibility. And then the third one, uh, which is uh, not exactly connected to his case, an abstract or general discussion uh, about the interpretation of Brazilian constitution that would definitely uh, impact on his case and, 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 and other cases. So the discussion is when the constitution says that, that no one may be considered guilty until the last uh, appeal that could last 10 years, let's say, doesn't mean that someone may not be arrested before that. And it's a difficult question, right? The Supreme Court was set to rule on the possibility of executing jail sentences after failed appeals, but the Chief Justice decided to postpone the trial. How much of that move is down to Lula? Brazilian Supreme Court became highly important and, uh, and therefore exposed. There is an element of politicization uh, with all the passion and vision in the society. They're the center of, of, of a lot of criticism. Uh, and, and that seems to me why, the, the key reason why they, they decided to postpone. Also to, to wait for the decision of the Superior High Court. So if the Superior High Court decides on Lula's concrete case, let's say that Lula should go home, that his process is... Um, should be should be nullified, for example. If that's a decision, that would take the weight of a future decision of the Supreme Court. They wouldn't be judging Lula. They would be judging an abstract case uh, without without Lula's weight on it. What does the future hold for Lula, his Workers' Party, and the Brazilian left as a whole? According to Brazil's electoral laws, Lula's convictions make him ineligible for office until 2038, when he would be 93 years old. So a third presidential term seems out of reach, but does it mean that Lula has become an afterthought in Brazilian politics? I think it's uh, too early to say. Um, 
Lula remains the leader of Brazil's main leftist political party. Celso de Rocha Barros is a political scientist with a PhD in sociology from Oxford University. And he's still an important political icon for large segments of the Brazilian poor. Uh, he is, after all, uh, Brazil's last good president. Uh, his successor, uh, Dilma Rousseff, mismanaged the economy very badly. Her successor, Michel Temer, spent most of his time dodging corruption charges. And uh, the Bolsonaro government so far has been a dumpster fire. So uh, Lula remains uh, in the, you know, collective imagination of a large part of the of the Brazilian poor, a symbol of uh, a good times in, in Brazil. Uh, of course, uh, after his arrest and uh, the likely end of his electoral career, uh, things have changed. Um, he's not likely to run for president anymore. And that opens the field for other contestants uh, inside the Brazilian left and uh, will probably force his party, PT, the Workers' Party, uh, to start a long and difficult conversation about its future. Did Lula leave a political heir? Well, I don't think there's, uh, you know, Lula the second on the horizon. Um, the left should not count on a new Lula emerging anytime soon. Uh, instead, I think it should focus on building a strong political base uh, forging new alliances, um, strengthening uh, the party, you know, whatever party the left uh, chooses to lead it from now on, um, and broaden its appeal, you know, uh, to, the left should go back to talking to Brazil as a whole, uh, to have something to say about uh, concrete uh, problems that uh, affect the lives of the Brazilian poor and uh, the lives of Brazilian citizens in general. How can the Workers' Party exist as a major force without its main leader? And what have you seen so far from the party's strategy? Lula has always been more popular than his party, uh, more popular than PT. Uh, but that does not mean PT was solely his political platform. It was not only Lula's party. Uh, Peter has a very strong labor union base. Uh, it's very strong with social movements. And last, in last year's election, uh, it managed to elect uh, quite a few state governors and uh, a, reasonable, a reasonably big congressional presence. On the other hand, uh, if the party wants to win elections again, you will have uh, to win the political center again. You have to reposition itself to the center. Um, after Dilma's impeachment, uh, it turned left. And that turned out not to have been such a great idea. Uh, it hurt the party a lot on last year's election. Um, it helped uh, Bolsonaro press fears of, you know, Brazil becoming Venezuela or that kind of nonsense. Um, but Betis uh, has only itself to blame for, you know, making statements and uh, support, radical statements and supporting uh, Nicolás Maduro. 
and thus providing Bolsonaro with such an excellent opportunity to, you know, lie. Thus, Free Lula Platform took Fernando Haddad, the Workers' Party presidential candidate in 2018, through the runoff stage, but then became a liability. But the party continues with Free Lula as the center of its political action. So how fruitful can that be? Of course, uh, Free Lula is no substitute for an actual political program. It's no substitute for actual ideas. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, it does work as a kind of rallying cry behind which uh, every single PT member might, you know, unite. Uh, these are difficult times for the party, and uh, it has some very difficult discussions uh, in the near future. So I think right now, the Free Lula movement might actually work to keep the party together, you know, to avoid a split on the many difficult issues uh, Pete will have to deal with in the near future. We've now had 100 days of Jair Bolsonaro as president. So far, how has the left performed as an opposition to the far-right president? It's too early to say. It's only been three months. Um, but it's remarkable that so far... Uh, the leftist politicians that have been the most capable of capturing public attention and taking part in important congressional debates have not come from the PT. Uh, you have Alessandro Molon from the Socialist Party. Como é possível que o ministro da Fazenda diga que não quer conhecer as condições do povo brasileiro? You have Tabata Amaral from uh, PDT, Democratic Labour. Cadê os projetos? Cadê as metas? Quem são os responsáveis? Isso daqui não é planejamento estratégico. Isso daqui é uma lista de desejos. You have a little to the left, uh, Marcelo Freixo, from the Socialist and Freedom Party. O governo insiste em tentar dizer que a política não presta e que ele é fora da política. Não é. Fez durante 30 anos parte deste congresso. A tentativa de... I think they have done better than uh, the PT people. Um, it's it will be interesting to know if this tendency goes on or if uh, eventually uh, PT will catch up. Celso de Rocha Barros is a political scientist. Michael Moalen is a law professor at Fundação Getúlio Vargas. This podcast was written and prepared by me, Gustavo Ribeiro, and Ewan Marshall. Maria Marta Bruno produced this show. If you like this podcast, rate us on any platform you may be listening to Explaining Brazil. It takes a second, but it is really important for us. And many people ask me how they can support this show. The best way is to subscribe to The Brazilian Report, the journalistic company behind this podcast. Every day we have new content about Brazilian politics, finance and society. We've also got exclusive newsletter services if you want to be briefed about what's going on in Brazil before starting your day. Subscribe now for a free trial and enjoy all of our content for seven days. And it's really free. You don't have to submit any credit card information whatsoever. Just go to brazilian.report slash subscribe. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Our handle is at Brazilian Report. 
And that's all for now. See you next week.